Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalp would be thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo press now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. All right, welcome back, Rage Nation. We got the whole gang back together again. Chris got himself a new dog, and we're ready to talk some Guild Ball. And some people just cut it off. <laughs> oh, Chris is back. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, I had to come back after two fuckcards decided that they were going to try and make all sorts of policies and rules and bets without me here. Hey, first I of, think, first I of think all, the listeners are happy to hear that there's going to be an actual conclusion to the bet. First of all, there was only one fucktard that decided that. Yeah, that Second of all, stop being a puss. Actually, what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be kind of talking and ranking these minor guilds because it turns out not only are the minor guilds really fun in 4.1, they're actually really good. So yeah. we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about all of them except for the minors because... Yeah, yeah that's played out. <laughs> yeah, we, we beat that dead horse enough. Yeah, so we're going to do that, and if we have time, we might focus specifically on one captain. We'll we'll get to that. We'll see how long we spend on these uh, minor guilds. But any news or announcements that you guys have before we kind of get into this thing? All right, so obviously, coming up, we got Spring Fling in about, you know, what, two and a half weeks? Okay. So that's going to be really interesting. Turns out John and I found out, Chris, that the new captains like Corbelli and Corker and, the, and everybody else is not going to be legal for Spring Fling. Well, that's a relief. Because the release date is May 10th. I don't know. So, I almost got my Masons out just to fucking just to be that guy one time. You want you wanted to be that person one time, huh? I wanted to be a Pete. <laughs> wow. Going to be like that, huh? I mean, am I wrong? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. No, Pete. No, no, no. I I do think you're wrong. Pete doesn't usually choose a guild based on it being OP. He just always has to change to a new guild. So sometimes it ends up being that the new guild is OP. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that he's going to break out the fucking entertainers at some point. Right. <laughs> Unless you're playing cooks at this point, Pete, nothing's new to you. That's fair. Like a fucking doorknob. I, I do. I mean, so honestly, the only guild that I pretty much haven't played more than a couple of games with are like Butchers and Cooks. Like everything else, I've, I've what pretty much. What about the Navigators? Had, I've had. I played two games with the Navs, so. I mean, two games. Okay. All right, so there is a couple of things that I did want to mention besides Sprinkling. Obviously, that's going to be a fun time. Uh, kind of excited about it because. Nick, one of our locals, and I are actually going to play in the War of the Spark pre-release at Huzzah Hobbies that Friday night at midnight. So we're going to play in that and then turn around and go do a Guild Ball game or a Guild Ball tournament. It's going to be fun. You guys don't sound excited. Um, well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the new Magic set, essentially. Yeah, oh, yeah, not excited at all, you freaking <laughs> card player. <laughs> Are you going to start rolling your dice like a wild man, too? Yeah, I'm going to be like, you know, do a little ha! 
Fuck that. I'm trying to go to Top Golf. Uh, we should do that Saturday night, John. All right. I'm just going to get get back to the hotel, crash out before any of you guys get back, and then it's going to be a snore factory in there by the time you guys just, get back into the room. Good yeah, luck. Re- good luck sleeping through my trash, drunk ass walking in that hotel room. I I just, think I could. Just remember, Chris, that the uh, there's no omelet bar, okay? Man, damn it. <laughs> Why do you got to, like, crush a man's hopes and dreams? I thought we were having a positive experience. Well, you know. So, we got that going on. Uh, another tournament that actually sounds pretty cool. Um, Jacob Mortensen, who's one of the Long Island players up in New York. There's actually a retro gaming con in Long Island in August. And this is aug- weekend of August 10th. He sent me a message just like saying, like, hey, you know, we got this cool tournament going on. It's in this retro gaming con. Uh, it's pretty sweet, apparently. And he said that they're going to have a guild ball tournament there, too. And it should be pretty sweet. They already got about 12 people signed up for it. And I'm always about those gaming cons because they're always a ton of fun. So if you're in the Long Island area and you want to play in a pretty cool tournament at a nice con in Long Island, I'd say check it out because they already got about 12 signed up. And, I mean, it's it's going to be a fun time because there's gaming there. So when you get tired of Guild Ball, you can go try some of these retro gaming uh, gaming venues they have there. Is that in August? Yep, August 10th. Right before school starts. So I might be calling my brother and be like, hey, man, let's uh, mind if I crash? <laughs> Want to go to a gaming con? Yeah. So I mean, it's I've, cool, though. My brother's I've never been to Long like Island. Me. It's I mean, it's nice. Okay. Just don't drive through, like, Manhattan and stuff. You know, try to go around that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, besides that, really not a ton of other announcements going on. Um, people are giving some feedback about the new captains, so we'll see how they play out once they're released into the wild. But as of right now, they're just kind of looming over the game of Guild Ball till May 10th. Uh, pre-order did go up for that, so try to get your order in before they start selling out, which I don't know if they started to, but you definitely want to get get there and get it done. I still can't get, like, a vet boar or fucking cooks. Yeah. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I'm still waiting on cooks. Yeah, I'm, I, I've been talking to a lot of retailers, including our local shop, and a lot of those retailers are giving up on this Steamforge Direct stuff. They're kind of like... You want to know what? It's going to be faster for you guys to get it from Steamforged on their site. So I'd go that route. So just depending on your store, you might be better off just going direct. And I hate to say that because I'm a support the local store kind of guy. But I talked with our local guy and he's just like, you know, I can't be putting money into this and then not having the product show up till like a month later. Because he's basically put in a decent amount of his money, the product's not there and he can't get his money back unless, you know, he he doesn't want to take money from us because he doesn't know when this stuff's going to show up. So it's kind of a bad bad look, but we'll, we'll just have to order directly from Steamforge from now on, I guess. Hopefully it all works out eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of one of those growing pains and it's just frustrating to see a company that you really like have all this negative stuff happen, you know, within the last... You know six to ten months and it's just it's frustrating because as like you know as pundits you like to defend the company that you really like their game but it's it's just tough after a while you know after so many times yeah. so yep moving on i don't think there's anything else just 
try to get these new toys the best you can, folks. That's all I'm saying. It's kind of like the Thunderdome out there, Chris. You just got to, where you find them, you got to get them. It's just insane. I mean, like, I've been waiting for these cooks for the better part of a year now. Yeah. Definitely over six months. Like, didn't they get spoiled, like, in October? (laughs) No, it was, like, before SteamCon, like, well before. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. well before SteamCon US. Because I remember I was, like, asking Jamie a billion questions about them at SteamCon US. Trying to get him to, like, spoil shit. And so, Yeah. yeah, I've been waiting for these cooks forever. So, I don't know what the fuck is up, but clearly, like, the Chinese labor that's being used to put this... I don't know if somebody needs to get some more fingers chopped off or wow. <laughs> oh, easier Hammurabi. Hey, Whoa. it's it's all right. I'm Chinese, okay? <laughs> Hammurabi was not. <laughs> so anyway, I I just I really want this shit. Let's get this. Sh- I, not to mention, I mean, I think that I speak for others as well. Where I've been wanting to get my hands on some new stuff to keep the game fresh for me. Like, I mean, I, I'm definitely looking at other games that I want to play and I haven't had a new toy that I really want. I mean, sure, miners have come out. There have been new toys that have come out, but I think for everybody, when they're kind of looking at what new toys do I really want that are going to keep me involved, for me, yeah. that's the cooks, right? I'm not, I'm not looking to play the miners. I'm not looking to play Corker, right? Uh, there's, there's just... It's not a good look from the standpoint of people will get bored and play other things. For example, my whole crew out here now wants me to jump into Underworld, and I'm like holding the line. I will not jump into Underworld. <laughs> I'm holding the line for Guild Ball. I'm, I'm kind of like getting a game in here and there wherever I can, and now i got to play you know, John Online and Vassal just to make sure I'm staying fresh on my games. Yeah, and and I I need to get I need to get out and get some more games in too. That's that's been the other thing, right? Is it's like okay, well, how do I how do I make sure that I get enough games into where I can go to these events and it's worth my time in attending these events, but at the same time I'm feeling a little bit bored with what I've had. So, yeah, get I me some have... fucking cooks up in this bitch. <laughs> so. Uh... We'll transition to Cooks here in a second, but I do have one more quick announcement that I did see on Twitter. So apparently, Lon is going to find himself a way to Spring Fling. So Lon said that he is not playing in Spring Fling, but he is going to be apparently helping run Spring Fling. So he's going to be there, apparently. Well, any tournament Lon is a part of running, I support that. So getting back into it, let's kind of look at these minor guilds because this 4.1 just kind of seems like the until the like all these crazy captains are starting to dominate the scene, the minor guilds are actually feel like they're holding their own and they're actually placing decently high in a lot of big tournaments. So just let's kind of start off with which of the minor guilds besides the miners because we're not talking about them because they're going to get nerfed. Which one of them do you think is the most powerful right now as it kind of sits with these other minor guilds? So that is the Cooks, the Falconers, the uh, Navigators, Soltheshians, and the Rat Catchers. Okay, so I have not looked at Longshanks to answer this. I'm just basing this based on theory of the changes that have been made. Mm-hmm. And I'm inclined to think that the Soltheshians are the ones that have gotten the biggest bump. 
I guess yeah. the Falconers as well. Those those are the two that I'm interested in playing anyway. So I might be applying a little bit of bias as far as my interest level and thinking that I like the changes in mm-hmm. addition to that. But that's that's just where my mind naturally went. Yeah, I was definitely thinking Sulthesians just because they have the, I think they have the more adaptability. You know, they can kill a little bit, they can score a little bit. So you're saying Sulthesians, John? Yeah, I was there. I was close to saying Falconers because I, I played Falconers a little bit, but they seem fun. Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, I'm arguing with Chris. I say Falconers are best. Okay. Yeah, and I actually think that, like, the changes that some of these minor guilds have gotten have been, like, made them really close, right? And, I mean, if I'm going to look at it, I'm probably going to say still that the Navigators are probably still the stronger of the minor guilds. Just because, even though people don't recognize it, they obviously have a really good goal-scoring game. But then, not only that, they actually have a really strong takeout game, too. So, it's a game that a lot of people don't expect, and it's just, it's it's there, for sure. I'll tell you what, I found out the hard way that Azmuth is a bitch to deal with. Oh, yeah? <laughs> was that in the uh, Raleigh warm-up? No, no, just another game at the shop, and I was like, okay, whoa, 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 this guy can do, like, all sorts of things that just make my life very frustrated. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. so he's going to, like, keep hitting me forever, and he's got close control... And he's got plus defense uh, when it's a matter of a counterattack. Like, I, I just was... Well, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, it was just frustrating. And he's got points. Like, it was just... I, I was very frustrated with him. And you better put a two-inch reach model on his side if you're going to mess with that guy at all. Well, if you were smart and you had vet board, you just ran in there and one-rounded him and then had, like, some extra attacks and you were looking around like, okay, Azimuth is gone, so who's next? This was before vet board existed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so looking at those, so Chris, you said Soltheshians, I said Navigators, and then John, you said Falconers. So yeah. I put I put in basically the date when the errata happened. So what was that, March 1st? Uh, I think it was the week. Yeah, that week. Sure, why yeah, not? So, so when you look at March 1st up till now, the win percentage for the minor guilds have been, and like once again, we're ignoring the miners, but the Soltheshians are pretty close to 50% with, uh, they're basically at 49. Navigators are at 47%. Rat catchers are at 45. Falconers are at 44. And the Cooks don't have enough games really to place them yet, but they're at 35%. So, I mean, the Soltheshians are right now at the top of the minor guilds um, that aren't getting nerfed. So... They're all pretty close, though. They're all, like, right there in the mid-40s, which is really kind of where you want your range to be when you're looking at win percentages. I'm kind of surprised that there some of those aren't higher. But, like I said, I was answering this kind of blind without me looking at any of those numbers and stats. I, yeah, I expected the Sothesians and the Falconers to be a, just above 50. Not, not drastically, but, you know, the flip of the coin, I would imagine, would have come up just about 50. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think the, na- the Navigator's strength and scoring is just so freaking strong. Rerolls are still good. Yeah, I mean, they've kind of died down as far as, like, the hotness has gone, right? Because there was a while there where, like, everybody was playing them and people were having trouble, like, countering them. But 
looking at navigators, what are some like counters that people have kind of found out about this guild? Like, what are some things that's like, okay, this is how you deal with this guild? Uh, kill, but, kill those fuckers real fast. I say that board did pretty well. <laughs> I think target priority though is important in that guild. Yeah. So like the game I played against them. Um, against Josh in the Bourbon Trail Open. Basically, I used Horizon and I used Ebb, and I didn't kill them. I used them to kill other models because I was playing Rage, so like I was using them to drag people in and then siding blow. and you know. So it's just recognizing like who you actually want to kill versus who you just want to use to farm the crap out of their team. Yeah. Or use to get momentum. Yeah, I, I definitely think taking a team that has a strong knockdown game is probably a good idea because they don't have a lot of the armor, so as soon as you knock them down, they're pretty killable. Well, also, I think if you have armor on your team, so like you want you want models that have armor because that takes away successes, and then you also want to park yourself in cover when you can because yeah. each time they lose a die, it just kills them. Yeah, gang ups and cover are big versus them kind of getting those because they all have low tack anyways because they're yeah. Hills. Yeah, so I think people have, and that's been talked about before. So we're not going to hit too much on the navigators and like how to play against them, but I mean that's what people are figuring out that if you can take dice away from them, that that really limits a lot of their power that they have in that guild. Are blacksmiths like their worst enemy ever? Or? I I think so. I think that's their worst matchup. Like them and Masons. Like if pe- more people played Masons, like we're about to see, then Navs would hate Masons probably as much as uh, Miners. Yeah, they won't care as much. So all you're going to see is Corbelli, and Corbelli's just going to like they're going to get in a scoring race with them. Yeah, but even Corbelli's at three two, so it's like right. okay, right? But he's going to kick the ball in the goal, and then you get the ball back, and you kick the ball in the goal, and you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Corbelli still has more resources to not be taken out because of the armor and his team in general has more armor and more resources to kill than the navigators do. So I would say, I think people are surprised when they get tutued by the uh, navigators because the navigators actually can decently get a take like get two takeouts pretty easily as long as they hit the right models. Yeah, cuz we roll and they can get to that bigger damage at the top of the playbook. Yeah. Because they have all that bigger damage. I mean, they have consistent damage, like with Windfinder. Um, Azmuth has decent damage. Um, even Ebb doesn't have terrible damage. Okay. So, and it's 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 not like you're going to kill somebody super quick. It's just the fact that, you know, you find the weak model, you know, maybe knock them down, set it up with Azmuth, do some damage, and then come in with the other models and just start tearing it up. So, according to Longshanks, the Navigators beat the Blacksmith 60% of the time and the Masons 60% of the time. Do they? Yeah. Wow, I wouldn't have guessed that. They can't beat the Alchemist, though. They, they lose the Alchemist. So, I, I, did, I don't know if you were there, John, when uh, Gabe in Atlanta was playing Navigators and Brian White was playing Alchemist, and he's like, yeah, Brian just, like, melted my entire team. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's a 36.9% win rate against Alchemist. Yeah. Alchemist, Butchers, Falconers, Hunters are there losing. Yeah, that's, that's who they lose against. 63.5% against Fish, though. Fish don't like Navigators. Huh. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. 
Maybe it's all the free dodges. I don't know. I thought I thought the whole iron and cover would would Sentinel would really fuck up the navigators, but I guess not. I mean, I don't. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because, like I said, I would have thought that I can understand maybe the Masons matchup, but yeah, I, I would think that the Blacksmiths matchup had had a better play into it. Yeah. But even then, it's only reported like sixty six games, so six out of ten games. I mean, I, I guess I don't know. Couple of blacksmith players, y'all are scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some good ones out there, huh? I mean, I mean if you put iron and cover with Sentinel, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because you send in like Horizon, and then he just you know un, unexpected arrivals like the whole scrum apart. If can, and then you just go in and like peel the ball off, and there it is. Yeah, if he can hit it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, see, and that's the thing with, like you were saying, with Sentinel and everything else. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, three three in cover, you make him a four three or some shit. Yeah. All right, so that's kind of navigators. Like I said, they're good. They definitely have some counterplay. Uh, you, they're slippery too. They got so many dodges; it's ridiculous. But you know, they they are the fish miner guild. Yeah. All right, so the next one that I want to talk about is the Soltheshians. So they got this huge buff. We talked about it before. We've, I don't know, John, have you played against the Soltheshians yet with their buff? Nope. Okay, so I think that means that, Chris, you're our in-house Soltheshian expert. Sure, why not? So you played against Bill Anderson. I did. And how'd that game go for you? He went up 8-0 in turn one, got two, two goals right off the bat. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was fucking insane. So so tell me what that turn one looked like, just so I okay, mean, so can really appreciate what that looks like. I've never really cared about Harry the Hat that much. Like I think that things like Inspiring Hat are like not that big of a deal. But with this Ball of Light edition, Harry the Hat becomes like an auto include because as long as you kind of keep him in the center of everything, to where that four inch R is touching everybody, yeah. you're able to bounce around a ton. So you just got a shit ton of free movement. And so what basically happened was he kicked off with brisket and then with the ball of light kicking between uh, whether it's mist or season spigot or whomever, right? All of these guys have relatively high kick stats. So he's kicking and dodging mist and then mist got another goal just because I placed the ball in the wrong model and yeah. mispeeled it off and got another goal. But yeah, the advice with these guys is definitely take Harry the hat. Definitely kind of keep him in the center of everything. Use that use that aura, that inspiring hat aura to give yourself way more movement. Somebody like Season Brisket it has an unbelievable threat because of the way that she can kick the ball, the ball of light specifically, and then get it kicked back to her and roll up a ton of momentum because of the inspiring hat aura and get the movement off of it. It's just really, really productive. And so that's a, a nice addition to them. I almost think that the best way to go if you're playing against it is get that ball of light if it's ever like free or something like that and just kind of kick it off in a corner, take the four damage by touching it and just kick it off in a corner so that at least the Sothesian team can't use it. 
you know, I kind of want to play them. You know, that Harry sitting next to that thing tooth and Potbelly passes with the ball of light. And that's Dude, I just love the idea of, like, just one of the strikers being like, hey, it's like Fang Tooth, don't move, and then just bouncing the ball off him to somebody else. <laughs> like, that's just funny. Yeah, I, I really just like the idea of being able to do a 2-2 game with these guys because I feel like the two goals are really, really feasible and very easy. And then you threaten the third goal, and if they decide that they want to deny that, then you can use models like Vet Fangtooth, Season Spicket. You can get enough damage, uh, even even Harry, and get enough damage to kill other models. You've got Pride that kind of gives that, gives that Rush Keeper threat that... Um, what's his name? Tenderizer used to have. Well, and, and also so you, you just kind of keep it tight. A lot of people don't know with Harry because if they haven't played him in the season, he got singled out. So I think that helps that two-two game out quite a bit. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So look at Longshanks. Uh, the order beats the fuck out of the Alchemist for some reason. <laughs> uh, do they actually? How many games they, is this based on? I mean, uh, I mean, all under 100, because we're looking at since the errata, but they beat the Alchemist 58.5% of the time. Well, let me ask you guys this, because I was actually just about to ask you, you guys what you thought about this. Um, I mean, is that something where... I mean, because if you look at Fangtooth, he can clear conditions, which is nice. So he can just take damage and be like, okay, I'm going to remove all the conditions from this model, which which is nice. And then... You also have Grace that can heal people, so I don't know if people are... I was going to ask you guys, do you think that Soltheshians bring Grace and Benediction at all, or are they just sitting on the bench judging people? I don't think they bring Grace at all, but I think that Benediction can be worth bringing depending on what your matchups are and how you want to play it. Because Benediction and Fangtooth sitting in the center of that board is pretty difficult to deal with as far as taking them out. I was going to say the opposite, actually. But, I mean, speaking from no experience, Grace with the with Quickfoot for free pretty much every turn is... Pretty seems, good. Yeah, but Benediction, what's he going to do? Push things around? The only thing I think you could use Benediction for was if you wanted to um, maybe chain, like, an I'm open, let, like, further away, you know? So, like, yeah. if you wanted to do, like, I'm open through Benediction to somebody else... So that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I never really see people set that up, though. Yeah. As far as uh, what you were saying, John, though, about Grace, one one thing that I do want you to bear in mind there if you ever decide to play this is you mentioned, like, the quick foot. Yep. Because of the Inspiring Hat Aura and because of the Ball of Light, it is way more cost-effective to just be kicking that ball around and getting a two-inch dodge instead of spending two influence on a plus two plus two movement oh right i mean i don't think you bring either of them but okay uh, okay well yeah like I, I just don't see a lot of value for grace almost at all right i just thought i mean i just thought her over benediction because the healing or the quick foot i mean the healing is pretty big threat you know the, that aoe you heal three hit points that's that's kind of good yeah i i feel like with I feel like Grace, I would never take. Benediction is a maybe, but almost every single game, to me, it looks like a brisket and pride, obviously. And then you're looking at Vet Fangtooth, Harry Mist, and Season Spicket, and it's almost like a lock six. 
on yeah, and I, I, these I was guys. Th- I was just thinking that. It's like, to me, I don't see any argument. Like, unless you just are going for that snowflake effect, right? Like, you're trying to be like, oh, you know, I'm, I love this model. I'm going to be cute. I'm going to play this because I like it. I really don't see any, like, um, any competitive reason why you would play any other six besides the one you listed. Because I think even if you're trying to do a 2-2 game, that's the best lineup to get a 2-2. Yeah, yeah and, and the thing that's overwhelming is because Spicket has the four kick versus Benediction having the two kick, you're yeah. never going to trade. You're, you're almost never going to want to trade that kick stat given the fact that they have that ball light and their game will be so dependent on that kicking. And then, the, and then there's other ones that like you, you're just insane not to bring, right? Like it, you're you're insane not to bring Harry, given that you're insane not to bring Mist, given the fact that they well, are scoring the, reliant. The only reason you used to not bring Harry was because if you were kicking off, right? But now you have this ball of light, so it's like, yeah, you're gonna bring Harry. There's no yeah. reason not to bring him. Yeah. One, well, it makes it it makes somebody like Brisket's threat so crazy because she kicks off and you can put the ball on her if you want or maybe you put it on Harry or whomever but right away you get not only the normal threats that brisket gets but you can get the additional dodge from that ball of light she just she's so dynamic in a in a kickoff scenario yeah and i love i love spigot's heroic play reading the game because you know, basically, you you kick the ball maybe to somebody like, um, maybe somebody like uh, Season Brisket when she's kicking off. Kick the ball to her, you know, dodge her up, and then have her kick it back to Season Spigot, and then he can just you know go wherever. So you're just using that ball light just to move people back and forth. Yeah, and 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 the way that I see that getting used is you maybe kick to a model with Spigot, and then you take the dodge you've got a momentum to spend because you dodge for free and then you play the heroic play kick it back to spigot and then you get another dodge you're getting like eight inches of movement and you walked away with one momentum off of it it's just yeah yeah he's got like 24 inches of threat and i think that's the cool thing about the solthesians is like they can score without interacting with your models yeah and that's the really fun thing about them right yeah. yeah. All right. So, I think that what before we move on to the next minor guild, what's a good counter for uh, the Soltheians? Just you know, steal their ball and you know they can go home. I guess Corbelli. <laughs> well, no. I mean, besides like specific captains, I'm saying like obviously if you get rid of the balls, then they're pretty ineffective. Almost they have to then try to bash you, which could be bad for them. Well, yeah, yeah so, I think you take their ball, the ball of light for sure. Yeah, try and kick that ball of light away. I think is a really good way to go. It, it's kind of interesting though because when you're taking away the ball of light from them, it is a cost to you to do that, right? Like you are having to commit to tackling a ball off of somebody that doesn't give you the threat of scoring, and yeah. so it's. To commit yourself that way, normally when we think of like tackling a ball off of somebody or, or ball threat ranges and those types of things, you're, the end result is a score. And so committing your person in there that way to do that 
it does cost something. But I think that so many Sulthesian players are going to be so reliant on that ball of light that it's almost going to be this crutch that I think definitely against an average player uh, and maybe even an above average player, they might grow so accustomed to using that ball of light and so reliant on it that it just cripples them. Like it throws off their entire game plan. Well, and here's the thing too. It's like, you take damage for stealing the ball of light. So you really have to be careful which model you send in to go get it. Because if you steal it, get it, kick it away, next thing you know, you have damage on you. And if you're not healing that or if you're not, you know, getting back to a safer position, that's when I think as a Soltesian player, you want to get on that player that stole the ball because, you know, they got some damage on them now and you can gang up on them and really put some work into them. Yeah, so, I totally agree with that. So the next one that we have uh, besides the Soltesians is we have the Rat Catchers. So I have been playing the crap out of these Rat Catchers the last, I don't know, week and a half, two weeks, and I am having a blast with them. <laughs> uh, John, we played uh, we played a game with them the other day. Yeah, we did. You found them a little frustrating. I mean, yeah, that's what they're supposed to be. They're, they're a dilemma. That's their whole thing. Oh, so, so give me the up, so update. So since they've changed them, give everyone the update about like what the changes are, how that's affected their game. All right. So do you got the stats in front of you, John, with uh, what their win percentage is since uh, March 1st? Yeah, I got I got them at 44.5%. Okay. They beat the, they beat the Farmers. The only, that's the only guild they have a winning record against. You mean above 50%? Yeah, they're at 52.3 against the Farmers. They have a zero win percent against the Miners. <laughs> zero in nine in nine games. Nice. Um, and the the Brewers beat the, beat their ass. Yeah, that's interesting with the Brewers. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what's so bad about that Brewer matchup. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Really. I guess the Brewers just getting their little ball of scrubbing or... <laughs> <laughs> or take a bunch of, of resilient models and say, fuck you, come here. So one thing we did notice when we played, so the Rat Catchers, a lot of their models are pretty, a lot of them are high defense models. Like they're usually four or higher defense. Uh, there's only a couple models that aren't. Like obviously you look at the, uh, the Rat Squeak and then Scourge. But besides that, everybody's got a pretty decent uh, defense and armor. Yeah. So... They're pretty difficult to hit and do damage to and kill, but if you have something that can modify their defense or modify their armor or automatically hit them, I think those are the guilds that they really struggle into, which is probably why that Brewer number is so low, because those low knockdowns probably really screw over the rats. Yeah. So how do you think those cooks are going to do against them? Because they so, inherently so knock down the ar- ar- defense. <laughs> So funny you said that, Chris. I actually played against the Cooks the other night with the Rats. And how did that go? So I won, but it was pretty miserable. Um, Basically, you have a clock, and you know they're going to kill your models. You just have to beat the clock, and that's kind of what that game feels like because it's really easy for them to kill the Rats like they're they're probably going to get at least one a turn just cuz they minus the defense with their guild rule. Yep. Um 
So I just got made sure I got a goal turn one, uh, and then I got another goal turn two, and then basically I just kind of was scrambling around. He started clawing his way back in. It started getting kind of sweaty, and then I was able to basically I pushed somebody off the. No, I actually scrummed up and killed somebody with Pelage because Pelage is a beast now. If you aren't playing Pelage and you're playing rats and you're playing morticians. You need to play Pelage because she is awesome. Unless somebody's taking an all-female team against you. Yeah, well, yeah, fair enough. If you see a bunch of ladies, you might want to think about it. But even then, she's still pretty good because she has a good goal threat range and she's also can still kill a bitch. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways. Fortunately, so I killed... the cooks have a bunch of ladies. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to the cooks here. We'll get to the cooks here in a minute because I got some choice words for them. But, um,. And John, I think you know the one model I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I basically ended up killing Cinnamon after uh, after she came in and and got herself a goal. And then I basically was threatening to throw Shank off the board, or I was threatening the goal. And I he ended up killing Piper. That came back on to throw him off the board. So then I just came in, stole the ball, and got myself a goal to get the hell out of there because it was turn three and people were dying very quickly. So, yeah, that Cook's matchup was a little rough. So, anything like that, Steel Jaw is pretty bad just because she lowers the defense automatically. Yeah. So, that game didn't feel too great either when we played it, uh, John. Yeah, the biggest problem with Hunters is they just can't hide the ball from them. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with Rats is you need to get quick takeouts and you need to get quick goals. So, you want to try to get your goals quick see if you can get a couple of quick takeouts and get the hell out of there because you are literally a glass cannon. Like even your big guy scourge is pretty easy to kill. So I love killing scourge by the way. (laughs) I know. I know you do. That's like one of my favorite activities in all of guild ball. You're just like, Oh, Hey, this is a big guy. I like to one round big people. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. That made me sad in the pants, but that was season three. It's a little, it's a little more interesting now with the uh, butcher matchup so yeah I tell you what's fun though (laughs) and I tried to do this uh, in the last game I played so Squeak Squeak's Dreadful Shriek got an increase they increased it to a 2 inch range so now it's a 9 inch threat for that Dreadful Shriek and I got you with this too John but basically you just run up and you Dreadful Shriek and then just make the model jog somewhere so, like, in our game, John, I jogged Egret, like, over to the edge of the board. Um, in my game against our local, I tried to Dreadful Shriek um, Alloy when he was the kickoff piece to make him run away so he didn't threaten the goal anymore. So there's a lot of really cool things you can do with Dreadful Shriek with Squeak. And they gave him the Rat King legendary play, which lets you target a free ball and do a goal kick. So that's pretty awesome. Well, I'm glad that didn't come up because I completely forgot about that. You did? Yeah, if you'd have done that, I'd have cussed a lot. We... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, all hail the Rat King. I forgot all about that shit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so Squeak is just, he's not the worst mascot in the game anymore. He's actually very useful. Um, Another thing that came up that I liked in our game, John, that, that we saw a couple times, was that tackle push on one is a real sexy result. Yeah, that's a bitch. Forgot about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, feels so good. And then the other big thing that changed on Piper was his legendary is now a three-inch push. And that doesn't seem like a lot when you 
when you just read it but moving models three inches away or three inches closer to the goal that's just it's a huge placement change and it's just it's really fun to use and let me ask you guys this because i've been i've been talking to some people about rats and some of these dilemma mechanics so when a rat catcher player does haunting melody to you what are you choosing are you choosing to have them come to you or are you going to them or does it depend Uh, oh that completely depends Okay. But th- uh, it obviously depends on the situation, but given that I often want to kill pieces, I'm often like, yes, please come to me. Yeah. Well, and I was saying, generally speaking, unless you don't want them to get closer to a ball, that you want Piper to come into your scrum more. So generally speaking, like especially if you're a fighting team, you'll be like, oh yeah, totally come to me, right? Unless you're worried about him getting the ball and scoring like that activation. And we did find out, John, that if you do forfeit your movement to stand up with Piper, you can still do the Haunting Melody because it's not your standard advance. That's some shenanigans, but whatever. (laughs) Chris, John was so mad. He's like, I don't think that's it. I think that's fucking bullshit. You forfeited your (laughs) movement. All that shit. No, because it's all completely separate movement. Uh, Fuck you. It's all... So basically, like, Piper... Haunting Melody, in essence says Piper gets two two movements in a turn. So yeah. he sacrificed one of the two movements to stand up. The other one he still fucking gets. It didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter because some dumbass jogged to me. <laughs> Shut the was, fuck tackled, up. Tackled the ball and was like, okay, I'm going to shoot now. I was like, okay, you're like eight inches away from the goal. How are you going to do that? He goes, uh, I have a 3-8 so, kick. I was like, no, fuck you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought Piper had like an eight-inch kick because, you know, I was, I've was i been used to playing minors and shit. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I'm used to, I was used to my captain having, you know, an eight inch kick and John was like, how are you going to do that with a four, six kick? I was like, son of a bitch. Now you will die. <laughs> You're dead. So you've chosen pain. I see. And he did. So yeah, that's kind of interesting that these models have such a low kick distance. I mean, I don't know what other rat catcher players are bringing, but a good six I've been enjoying is obviously Piper and Squeak. Uh, I'm actually starting to play with Pelage and Scourge for to help me get that 2-2 game going. And then I usually put Bonesaw in there as well. And then Miasma's in there sometimes. I like her just because she puts out some disease and some different conditions. So, And then Skulk and obviously Graves are kind of in there matchup dependent. But I really like. I don't know. I, and what I are always... what are those dependent matchups? What are the wh- when do you trigger them? Well, I mean, Skulk you got to bring whenever there's like a scoring heavy team because Skulk just shuts people down. Okay. Like I played against um, when I played against the Cook, Cinnamon came in and tried to take the ball off of off of um, who's the ball on? The ball was ball was on. Actually, it was on Skulk. I didn't activate him yet though, so I didn't have the fun stuff up. But he went in and basically tackled the ball, and I spiked the crap out of it and got the tackle double dodge and dodged the hell out of there and just ruined her whole activation. Yeah, I've definitely had those experiences with Skulk. Yeah, and then if you have horrific odor up, you got to spend an extra influence to kick. Your kick distance goes down if pest control's up. He can dodge to you when he declares a counterattack, so even if you dodge away, he still comes back to you. So... He's just he shuts people down. It's he's just really good. 
Um, so yeah, I bring him against heavy scoring teams. Uh, Graves also is really good against scoring teams because he has close control. And he also gives two free influence to your rat, so that's always nice. Um, and then... And who are you dropping there, Scourge or what? So against the scoring team, you're taking Skulk and Vet Graves? Um, I'm still playing with it, but I think the more I look at it, the more against those scoring teams and even against some fighting teams, I think you still need to bring Pelage and Scourge just because you need them for the 2-2 game. So then you drop Bonesaw? Um, you can drop Bonesaw because Graves is still a pretty good scorer and so is Skulk. So, yeah, you can drop Bonesaw for those matchups. With Reverie, okay. everybody's a good scorer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even even Squeak's a good scorer. He's he's still a really good threat with, you know, a 7-inch sprint and a 6-inch kick. Damn, pile of that damn rat has a 6-inch kick. Yeah, it's a 2-6. A rat has a 2-6 yep. kick. Well, to be fair, it's a rat of unusual size. Oh. Well, well, okay, we're talking about Oh, well, about size. in that case. <laughs> that size, well, the bear needs a fucking 110 kick. <laughs> the rat has been trained, okay? Okay. So, so yeah, the rats are just, they're they're really good at just kind of out of act, out of acti- activation shenanigans. And, yeah, and Pelage and Scourge are just killers. Like, they just kill shit. That... I'm telling you, if you haven't seen Pelage played yet, just put her on the table or just play against her. And I had Thresher running from running for his life because Pelage was just just chasing him down the table. Like Thresher was trying not to die from Pelage. It was good, good times. Um, yeah. So, what do you guys think are some good counters for the Rat Catchers? So, what are some things people? Can bring that'll really kind of slow this guild down. Brewers. <laughs> I was gonna say anything with knockdowns or things that are you know um, putting out conditions. Conditions are also something the rats don't like. I think miners, miners brewers, alchemists, and butchers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what long yeah, but- says. Butchers are just butchers are just scary, man, because it's like they can just blow you up. Yeah, vet board goes through Pelage in one turn and still looking like, oh, I got two more swings. Where's who else is around here? <laughs> who else is sitting by here? Oh, we'll check us out. How do you feel about taking uh, like vet rage against them? Against the rats? Yeah. I feel like um, I feel like vet rage will beat them about fifty-eight percent of the time. <laughs> wow! Just pulling that specific number out of your ass, are you? <laughs> well, sixty percent of the time it works. Every time. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have no problem with Vet Rage uh, going into this. Obviously, you would choose some interesting models, but I think Vet Rage would have a decent game into them. The problem is, though, is that the shenanigans and tools that the rats got are better. So, yeah, you can kill the rats quickly, but they can also score and surprisingly kill or push you off the board really quickly. Yeah, I think. I yeah, think but I'm liking them with the kill. female models is part of my thought process there. Yeah, you got to be able to kill, and you got to be able to hide the ball somewhere or score with them, which a lot of teams well, the can thing, do now. Well, the thing about female models, though, is like you're like, okay, well, a female model is going to be safe against Pelage, but her defense or her damage is still really good, even if you're a female. Like, because she still got two on two, three on four hits. She still puts singled out out. Uh, she still does either three damage or snared at the end of her turn. 
whenever you're engaged with her at the end of your activation, you take three damage. And then you're also getting no momentum for killing her. So she's just, even if you do bring females, she's still, you know, likely to mess them up. Like okay. she is, she's a really impressive model this season. I've, I'm definitely glad they tweaked her. Um, so yeah, but yeah, those guilds we uh, listed are probably going to give them a lot of trouble. Anything that can lower their defense or give them conditions are just going to be a pain for them for sure. How do you feel about a team like the Morticians against them? Like, can they kind of out shenanigans, out control them? Um, I I would say yeah. I mean, they have the tools to deal with it. Okay. So I mean, it's still going to be. It's almost like a weird mirror because you have a lot of the same tools, but I feel like the morticians have more tools to deal with the rats than the rats do to deal with the morticians. So, the morticians are their second best win rate on long shanks. What is going on here? You don't know what the fuck you're talking about, obviously. Apparently, <laughs> or or long shanks doesn't provide the sample sizes that are actually. Well, I mean, we're just going base. I mean, we are going. That's off 115 games, 49 percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean it's still not like over fifty percent, right? It's close, but right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe it's because some of their models have higher defense, and also the morticians' models can be pretty squishy themselves. So interesting. All right, so that's the rat catchers. Lots of fun. I'm probably going to be playing them quite a bit, just because they they are a ton of fun. I'm really enjoying them right now. Um. And then, John, I'm going to let you talk more about this guild because I feel like you probably have a decent amount of experience. And, Chris, you've also been kind of meandering into this guild as well. But the Falconers? Man, I'll tell you what. Devana with some setup is the most fun thing ever. Like, oh, I'm six inches away, and I just did 20-something fucking damage to you, bitch. It, yeah, so have you played them in 4.1, John? Uh, just a couple games, and it's Devana is just the, is a fucking killing machine. It's unreal. The, being able to put the Harriers out for cheaper when you can't get in to buy the attacks saves you so much. Um, I think it makes it makes Minerva and Rundas and Matagi a lot better. And Matagi can stay off to the side if he if he does his far. You put one influence on him, but his you know, don't hit it. If you don't want to chance the far strike, you can just throw the area out. So, so John, do you find yourself putting one or two influence on Frelsi now that Frelsi kind of has a different role almost now? I haven't yet, but I mean, I think you could. Well, because I think even just like going with Frelsi and doing one or two damage to put like snared on somebody is a pretty big deal just because that hunter's prey that Theron has is a good way just to set up for, you know, some of your activations down the road. I mean, if you need it, but, I mean, as soon as you get a scrum going, then Devana's going to snare the fuck out of everybody anyways. Yeah, yeah, her legendary is really good. Oh, it's, it's my favorite. Her, her legendary is one of the stronger legendaries that exists in I this think game. It, I think it's, it's so good. Yeah, because it's just straight up three damage and you're snared, so not only are you taking three... But now you're set up to die for her further attacks about to punch you in the face with her birds. Right. I mean, she is... Her damage, when she gets when she gets that gang up that she dodges the frailty in, she gets another gang up. So she's got the Harrier, plus two damage. You know, so gross. Yeah. But 
as soon as the team gets to her, then she's fucked. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's always been the key with playing against Devana, is can you pressure her enough to activate before she wants to? And if the answer is no, you're going to die. <laughs> if the answer is yes, you you did pressure her enough, then you have a decent shot at winning that game. Yeah. I usually try to like hide her behind an obstruction and you know like attack people on like the other side of the obstruction or something. Yeah. And have things in the way, you know, have Minerva's melee in the way to to get to her. So let me ask you guys about this, and Chris, you can go first if you want. But do you guys like the change to airmail where it's an actual kick now as opposed to just handing it off to a model? No. I, I think I like it better as a kick. Okay, so why do you like it better as a kick, Chris? So the reason why I like it better as a kick is you can get the dodge. Whereas before... Like, where you were just handing it off, you don't get the potential. Like, it just gives you more options with it being a pass, right? So it's not automatic, and that I recognize that that's a liability. But I like the idea of just having more options of generating momentum, of taking a dodge, of a snapshot. Like, there, there are a lot of things that you can do now that I think are, are very functional, so... The way I look at it is you hack back Frelsey and then you airmail and then you get a snapshot, which is a very reasonable way to do it now. I think even a better way to do that, Chris, is if you bring Icarus and let's say you get a turn one or two goal with Icarus and then they kick the ball in and they're trying to hide it behind their team. You have a couple people lay down some Harriers and then you attack tackle the ball from the model that has it because you know you're six inches away use airmail do a 12 inch kick to icarus and then snapshot it through icarus because icarus has a really good kick yeah i I mean that that's fantastic and i think that that's even you know that would be even a more beautiful setup but i'm just talking about kind of in like the two dimensions of like with without being able to set up every other contingency now it's very easy to say okay i have this additional scoring threat with frelsey now and that can be very productive i also like the idea that like because of how it's worded and structured you know you're able to say okay well i'm six inches away from this model and normally i would just kick for one influence but instead i'm going to air mail and, and now it's in tapping. And now it's a tapping. Yeah, I, I love that. So I'm I'm a fan of this change. And at first I wasn't as big of a fan of it because I didn't like the idea of it not being automatic. But yeah, there's there's just too many good options now with it. So I, I I'm a big fan. I think it's better, but it's not as funny. <laughs> I just liked it being up oh, 14 inches away here. The ball's over here now. See you. Yeah. Yeah, and she only has a three, like three dice to kick with, so it can get a little risky, especially when you start putting it through models. So I definitely get that. Right. Um, let's see here. So the other model that I wanted to talk about, and then we'll we'll kind of go f- like on what we think they're strong into, was I really like the where Rundos is sitting right now. Oh yeah, he 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 fucking kills some things too. Yeah, John, what did you notice about Rundos when you played him? Like, what were some cool things you were able to do with him? Uh, Just murder shit? 
Yeah, I mean, he's still just killing things. He's more effective at killing that. That momentous three on three is a pretty, a pretty good. You know, <laughs> not not bad. Pretty good. You know, you get a, you get a Harrier out and momentous four on three. Yeah. yeah. Good night. Yeah. I just always wish he was like anatomical or something. I feel like he needs anatomical precision. Yeah, he look he looks like he should have anatomical. Just because he reminds me of Jakar. <laughs> He's like, but he has this weird, because like Jakar has back the shadows, whereas he has the shadow like to get out, right? Right. And he has tough hide, which I always thought was interesting. Well, if he didn't, he would just die. So die, quickly. die a horrible, horrible death. So quickly. He's, he, I mean, he's still <laughs> squishy, but yeah, he, man, him and Devon are just taking out a model or two a turn. So, John, when you played these guys, are you looking at, like, a 4-1 game, just killing four and getting a goal? I mean, I'm always looking for a 4-1 game. So, you could be playing a shark-fish team, and you would be going 4-1, I bet. I mean, that might be the one exception. <laughs> <laughs> what about a Corbelli game? I mean, he can go 4-1 for sure. He's got momentous 2-on-2. Two two. Yeah. <laughs> that is not... The right way to play him. Any <laughs> listeners do not play Corbelli as a four-one. You game. you wow. could totally play Corbelli that way though. God, yeah, but it's much smarter to play him as a as a two-two or a three-zero. Is it? Fuck that! You yeah. play a team that can. It's really good at hiding the ball, and he's moving fucking beaters into him. Hell yeah, he can move forward. Okay, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Really good at hiding the ball. Who the fuck is that against Corbelli? I mean, I don't know. Corbelli is auto get the ball back guy. Yeah, for one goal, but you could kill him on the way because you can. Okay. Anyways, getting back to the minor guilds. So, what are we kind of already breached on this, but let's talk about it a little bit more. How do you kind of? Well, let's start off with this. What's a strong six that you guys think would be for for the uh, Falconers? Like, do you think it's just straight out the box, or do you think you mix in Egret no. and Hearn? I usually take Icarus out unless I'm kicking. I like to kick with Icarus. Okay. Um, I like Vet Hearn for last light. You know, last light on Devon is always good, so you don't have to give her a full stack to do everything she wants to do. Yeah. And I just love Egret right now for everybody. So. Egret is fun. I, I do like her a lot. So I, like, I like to take Matagi out sometimes. I like to take Icarus out sometimes. But I, have, I don't play him enough to know what matchups I do it. I just kind of... I like, to yeah. kick, I like to kick with Icarus, that's all I know. I think I've that ne- this is a good example of a guild that it's very productive to just know all the players in your guild very well mm-hmm. and be able to pull different levers depending on what you feel comfortable with. There, This is not one of those auto-lock-six type guilds. I think that it, it is productive for people that are getting into this guild to say, hey, I'm going to learn what all these guys do, Maybe I'll be able to change it up when somebody doesn't really expect it and give them a new look and take advantage of that. Yeah, because yeah, I've, I've never been a huge fan of Matagi, so mm-hmm. he's always like the first one I switch out in that guild. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Egret if I want to hide the ball. Like, I'm receiving, I want to hide the ball. I love to hide the ball in Egret because she can get so far away from who she wants to hide the ball from. Yeah, because um, she has swift strikes and then back the shadows. Yeah, so she can be what... 10, 14 inches away from somebody. Yeah, where she started. Yeah. <laughs> but the one one thing I would warn people about is I because of the advantages with the Harriers for Devana, I would warn people against dropping Egret and Vethern together. Yeah, I probably agree with that. Like yeah. you you probably need to make sure that you're keeping 
three of your original Falconers oh, I, in that I, lineup. I think Minerva and Rundoss are getting going in every all my also all of my lineups, and then the yeah. other two are the. That's what I think so far. I mean, I could see me playing Minerva, Rundoss, Egret, and Vet Hearn. Maybe yeah. That's a that's a beat your well, face see, in I, lineup. I like I like Minerva just because she's like one of the best setup pieces in the game. And then Rundoss is a beast. Like it's almost like if, so if you do lose, Devana, Rundoss can almost make it up enough where if you have a stack on him, he can maybe get you some momentum, get you a kill, and keep you in the race. Whereas before he got kind of tweaked a little bit, I don't think he was that model. But I I I like what they did to him to make him kind of more of a beater. Yeah, I mean I think I think I still take Matagi every time just because I like to put three Harrier markers out for Devana. Cause it's so good. I mean, see, I like it. I like Icarus personally. But yeah, I do. I mean, I, like, I don't. There's not a model I don't like. Like now that he has that, you know, because just yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, did Icarus have a Harrier in his previous yeah, edition? He did. Uh, well, he didn't, and then he did, but he'd had it before four point one. Okay, so it was the season four change that they gave it to him. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So what are we already talked about it a little bit, but what are some weaknesses or counters to the Falconers? Miners. Yeah. They're probably they're probably going to beat them like seven point one percent of the time. I think anybody that like <laughs> you're such a turd. You're such a tard. <laughs> um, I think anybody that can pressure, like either pressure Devana or pressure the ball, is going to be a real tough matchup for them. You know, it, it, you know. I was thinking like, you know, what gets them is fast teams. Fast teams can get on them real quick, and then you know who their best win rate is on long chains is the fucking Fish. order. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, they beat they beat they beat the order really bad. But I figured Ball of Light getting on them real quick. I guess they just don't have enough damage to really take Devana out. Yeah, maybe, or maybe it's also just her legendary. Just you know, just beats the crap out of them. Yeah, I mean, their they're low win rates are miners, of course. Fish, butchers, hunters. Yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah. And the same thing with engineers, farmers. Mm. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. Um, yeah, just anything that really pressures their... Because they're an order of activation guild. It's kind of like the brewers or you know anybody else that wants to be set up a certain way. If you can mess up the way that they want to activate their models, if you can force them to activate something that they don't want to at a certain point, that's going to really be a problem for them. Yeah, I think I think one of the big things is you got to keep Frelsey near Devana because if if Devana's forced where she has to go early, at least you can get Frelsey in for the assist. Yeah. Before you lose her, or, or you can take a model out that's going to, that's threatening to, to take Devana out, maybe. Yeah, and her play. Her playbook got cleaned up a lot, so that makes it better. Like, if she has to activate without a Harrier, if the bird's nearby, she can still put some work in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so the last minor guild that we are going to go over is the new minor guild. So we have these Cooks. So I have a couple games against them. John, have you seen or played them yet? Nope. And Chris, I know you haven't. So just let's get some of your first... I don't know thoughts and feelings about the cooks. Like, what do you guys think about them? What do you like? What do you don't like? They kind of turn everything into a glass cannon. Like, they're glass cannony, and because of their 
guild rule, other teams become a little bit glass cannony. So it's like we're all just gonna die. Yeah, exactly. So I actually think that the cooks will. So let's not forget that they were supposed to be released before the navigators, before the miners. So they haven't been out and being played for an extensive period of time to where Steamforge is able to see adjustments that could be made, like they made adjustments to the Falconers and the Sultesians to make them more competitive. So I actually kind of think they won't be very competitive at first. I think that they're so much of a glass cannon that it's going to be a problem. But we'll see. I mean, I think that they're just good in the butchers. Like, I think they're at, I think they're better helping the butchers out than they are by themselves. So you just like cinnamon and roast as butchers. Yeah, they're pretty damn good. Yeah, and hashtag fuck cinnamon. Okay, <laughs> that that model is so stupid. So I was playing against John, and I forget which model you were going into, John. You, you might have been going into like I don't know Skulk or somebody, and I and I was like, okay, I'm a four, I'm a four one. You like, you mean three zero? I was like, oh yeah, I'm three, but I'm a three one. He's like, you mean three zero, right? Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Like, dude, she has anatomical. I was like, what the? F-? And then you moved her, and you moved her two inches away. I'm like, and she has two inch reach. Like, what the hell is going on here? Raps for days, motherfucker. Raps for days. Yeah, and she has basically one, two, and three on her playbook. Like, just boom, boom, boom. Short playbook. Does a stupid amount of damage. I was so upset. Yeah. The only good news is she dies pretty easily. <laughs> she does. But the bad news is she makes boar faster. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty, ba- pretty bad. Mark target and get set bake is, uh, puts boar in your face real quick. <laughs> so she's like... Here, Boar, here's some fucking cookies. I'm going over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so good. She's a pretty damn good scorer, too, with acrobatic and a 7-9 move. Yeah, yeah, that acro- that's what I'm saying. She's just, she's efficient, she's a killer, she just, she can do pretty much what everything you want to do in this guild. I kind of wanted to play like a filet, brisket, cinnamon, you know, butchered team and try to go 3-0 with them. Dude, let me tell you about this portly, portly chick. Freaking sugar. Oh, yeah. That thing. Man, this, I almost got caught with this. Luckily, Shank missed his pass to her. But she was set up for one of those, like, super snapshots. Yeah, where she's a 5'10 kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, so Steve Knott was like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and kick this to sugar. And I was like, is that the snapshot chick? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And... <laughs> Luckily, Shank's only a 2-6 kick, so he missed it. And I was like, thank God. It was bad. Yeah, um, she's, her snapshot range is awesome. Yeah, she's a 3-2 defense and armor. She's just good. She's just a solid model. I don't know what she's doing, but she's doing it right. <laughs> um, Yeah, what other things kind of impressed? So, Wellington, I thought, was actually an interesting captain because he... He looks kind of underwhelming, but then you look at some of the things he has. Like, he has Singled Out, which is good, but he also has Chef Special, which is like Tooled Up, but it's just for playbook damage. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty good. Like, that on Shank scares the crap out of me. Yeah, seems good. 
Um, or you could put that on your girl cinnamon. Yeah, put a, put it on whoever's in the middle. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, something else I liked on his playbook though was he has scathing rebuke. And this is something that can actually catch your opponent off guard. Because basically you can just be like, hey, you're going to take two damage because I'm yelling at you furiously. (laughs) And you dodge two inches forward. (laughs) And it removes any conditions. That seems good. So he's like, you're an an idiot sandwich. Get out of there. (laughs) Roast, why are you an idiot sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, getting roast out of there when he's in danger is... that. That makes him very difficult danger? to deal yeah. with. There's only, there's only certain models that can threaten roast. Well, the, say ro- the issue with roast is like unless you once you try to go into him, you have to just take him out because the last thing you need is to give him another resilience on the next turn because you didn't quite get it done. Right, but you well, have, the, pro- you, the but problem you have is to have like it, a damage dodge or a damage push, push yeah, or, or a knockback to stay with him. Because otherwise he's just going to I'm not. I'm not necessarily talking about one-rounding him. Like, you can do it with two models if you have to. Yeah, but what John's saying is that if you don't have some kind of dodge or push... I, I understand. He's going, to, he's going to move away with, from you with Big Belly. I get it. I myself have a Big Belly, so I truly do understand. You know, Chris, this is almost like... This is like modeled after you almost. Like if you had tattoos and a chicken around your neck. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like if yeah. we if if there's a SteamCon US, you should, you know, go cosplaying as Roast. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> come, and come and if it was in Nashville again, you could just get the chicken that you had like from the last place. Yeah, there you go. Hang it around your neck and then gnaw on it all day. Um, I also think that one of the things that makes Wellington really dynamic is that legendary play of being able to use the free character plays. Yeah, that was kind of annoying. And part of the reason why I think that's so dynamic is if you look at the... If you look at the models that he can take from the Butchers, Shank and Tenderize are using... Thousand cuts and ground and pound, respectively, normally cost three, and so for them to be able to use those for free, and then be able to use their influence, that's yeah, pretty damn good. Yeah, it's it's pretty frustrating. I mean, it's like the turn where Ox uses his legendary. That's that's your death turn. That's where you yeah, you yeah. got to get a bunch of points right there. Yeah, yeah. Man, and I tell you, how good is that guild rule? Just minus one defense. That's pretty sweet. So good. Well, you know what I don't like though. That's how Princess and Salt had like a baby <laughs> named Pepper. <laughs> uh, I was just looking at that. I'm like, what the hell does this thing do? I'm like, okay, it's kind of like Salt, I guess, but not good at scoring goals or anything. And I'm like, oh, it has Vicious, so you just want people to take parting blows. What I don't like even more is I assume Princess is the female and Salt's the male. Yeah. Yeah, fun I vis- guess. Fun visual there and make it a, make yep. it a little... Hey, otters are vicious, man. <laughs> Very territorial. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the the cooks. Uh, I think they're like I said. I think they're really good against like high defense teams. I think they just, especially if you don't have a lot of hit boxes and they're just plowing through you because they just don't care about your defense. They're just gonna ruin your day. Like, that game we played, John, I think Cinnamon went into um, silence and almost killed him in one round. 
Yeah, it's close. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I spiked and I'm doing Momentous 3. <laughs> Jerk. Because <laughs> you only need fours. Yeah, that's a good time. It was good. There was Punch and Pie. Everybody was happy. Um, One model that I haven't seen a lot of people talking about that I thought was interesting in the in the cooks was Spice. So do you guys see a way people might use Spice, like maybe just like after these conditions go out, just put some condition damage on people, or, or what are we looking at here? I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I mean, Intensify is always fun. How to do it? I mean, like, it. The, the thing is, she's, you can only put a max of two influence on her, so I guess she can go in there and burn somebody and then intensify, so, I, I, yeah, I don't know how to use her, really. That's what you do. Yeah, she, she's the one that I think I I, I I would need to learn how to use her and make a conscious effort, but right now just at face value. Um, well, I think you get her set up, maybe get somebody singled out with Wellington, and then buy an attack. Um, man, you're going to have to wrap to do it. That's the thing that kind of sucks is if she's not wrapping, you're not getting the full effect. Yeah. Because you, you want to get the guild ball results, but you also... She has Berserk, so you got to do damage to get your extra attack. Yeah. So, wouldn't Intensify count for that? It, it would for it, Intensify, it but would, I'm talking about... the problem about, is, if they don't have do the turn damage up the heat out, first. and you need oh. to do turn up the heat first. Right, but you but you, you have Roast there for that. I mean, you got to use Roast as your setup piece to get in, you, you know, yeah. turn up the heat, or a knockdown. And then, you know, then, then you put up his... You know, you go with Roast, put, get it while, while it's hot on her, go in... By an attack, turn up the heat on somebody, and then she comes in and just fucking wrecks them. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like you just got to be careful, like, how you how you do it first. Because, like I said, you do want that turn up the heat first, but the only way you're getting that is on the wrap. And she has too much melee. Yeah, which is good. Which is, I mean, they have, what, four two-inch melee models they can bring? Tenderizer, Shank, Spice, and Cinnamon. Yeah, that's it. So, what are some weaknesses of the cooks? What are some things that you guys are like, yeah, they need to definitely be careful of that. They die pretty easy. Getting blown up. Yeah, they are super squishy. Anything else? Just no, they're just super squishy. I mean, I feel like one of their biggest barriers is shipping. Really holding them back. (laughs) So yeah. your your biggest problem is you have to find this box. <laughs> guild balls now come out with rare guilds. You yeah, can so find it's, like, it's, it's like Magic the Gathering, and the cooks are a mythic box. So there's only one in every uh, every province or every state. I, don't know what I think the means. tough thing with them is going to be finding ways to score. So really? yeah, just because they're not. They don't have a ton of kick numbers, and Dude, so you have, the, you have the snapshot supreme, and you got the annoying anatomical precision chick that can score pretty, pretty reliably. Yeah, but I mean, even then, it's only a three-six kick. It's not like it's only. Listen, I know with some of these big numbers coming out, three-six doesn't look like it's a big thing, but three-six is still a decent kick. Well, it, it, I mean, if you break break it down with her, right? Like so. Cinnamon is a model that max you can put three influence on her. The tackle is non-momentous, right? So 
being able to activate a model at the beginning of a turn and having them threat a goal is very different than one that like requires a later activation where somebody can move that shit away. So let's say you have to charge in to get it, right? Yeah. You're using two influence there, and then you tackle well, the ball. Ideal, ideally, you only want to use one. Yeah. Oh, sure, but uh, like it's it's all. I'm just. She has a lot of the same problems kick wise as Shank did when he was only three influence. Yeah. And so I don't think that she's an incredible. Like, honestly, I look at this and some of their best scoring options are Shank, but he has a two kick, so that's brutal. And then. And just not reliable. And then Sugar is like one of the very best scoring options, but that's got to be on snapshots. So. Yeah. I. You're going to have to be able to take models out with this guild. Like, the idea of going 2-2 is going to be hard enough as it is. Yeah, I mean, 4-1 is probably more realistic. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and even then, I mean, you're 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 just having a tough time necessarily getting that right goal. It's it's, it's just not automatic with them, whereas it well, is with and, a lot of these I think other they, guilds. They kill stuff quick enough where 4-1 is really doable. I mean... yeah. I agree with that. Because I think unlike other teams, like some other teams they can kill, but then you're out of position really badly. Whereas with this guild, I feel like once you get them set up, you can send them off on their own to kill a model. Because a lot of these models can kill somebody by themselves. Yeah. So so I, I don't feel like, besides Wellington, I don't feel like it's a big mistake if you overextend somebody. Like, especially Shank. I feel like Shank can just run around and kill, like, whatever. Like, you set him up, right? Yeah, he's just... Yeah, that's what he do. That's what he do. He just gets killed back. Alright, so... That was our last minor guild that we're talking about. So, if you guys had to rank these guilds, how would you rank them from power, so from best to worst... So who's the be- so Chris? Let's start with you. Who's the best minor guild all the way down to the uh, the weakest? The Sothesians, I guess. So I probably put it number one. Okay. And then maybe the Falconers or the Ratcatchers. After that, uh, the Navs, and then finally the Cooks at the bottom. Okay. So why are you putting the Cooks at the bottom? I just think that they're too much of a glass cannon I think that they're gonna have a very difficult time okay I, I think that once you start if they're not one rounding models with with the non key models like like if they're not one rounding them with models like shank right it's one thing to do it with Wellington but if you can't do it with like shank then you're going to have a problem getting models Back, killed and then getting them back in. Okay. And so I think that I, I, I just that's just what I predict. I think that they're going to be one of the weak season three minor guilds that require a buff and they should have already gotten the buff, but because they weren't released on time, there we don't have enough data for them to get the buff that they will need, like the Sultesians and Falconers got. I do feel like that the cooks are, like I already said, I think the cooks are way better in their parent guild than they are by themselves. So 
I, I I definitely agree with you a little bit. Like I feel like there's something there that might need a little tweaking. Um, but they're definitely they're solid. Like you can win with them. Like they're kind of scary how fast they can kill a model sometimes. Uh, but John, how would you rank the uh, Meyer Guilds? I'm going Order Navs, Falconers, Rats, Cooks. There you go. Okay. Okay, so why did you put uh, the nabs atop? Rerolls. Yeah. Rerolls. <laughs> so good. So so many rerolls and so many tackle double dodges and shit like that. Yeah. They're so hard to hide the ball from. Yeah, they're hard to hide the ball from. Uh, if you miss, if you don't position correctly, they can make you pay for it. Like, I think there was a game where. We were playing in Raleigh in that tournament, John, and the Navs player you were playing against had a ring out with, I think it was Boar, where Horizon could have just, you know, unexpected arrival, Boar off the edge, but he didn't even see it. Mm, that wasn't me. No, so must have been somebody else, but it, it, it was. So, I was talking to that guy. I'm like, yeah, you had a ring out right there, dude. And I was like, I'm, <laughs> it's just one of those things where if your opponent makes a bad mistake, it, it can. You can make them pay with the nabs as far as positioning goes. Um, yeah, I also went nabs number one. The rerolls are strong. They can reposition you. Uh, Azimuth is really good. Uh, they got just some really cool things to use to reposition, get the ball, and um, yeah, I, I like them a lot. Uh, the second guild that I have is also the order. I just think that the jank you can do with the order has a high skill cap. But you can do some really cool things with that, and you can just pressure the crap out of a team um, to the point where it's just like it's a bad time. <laughs> it's like I can there's nowhere to put this ball just because of how fast they are. Uh, I then I put rat catchers third, just because I think that the rat catchers also pressure the ball really well and the pitch really well, and then they also have a pretty good takeout game um, if you can set it up. So I just think that takes practice, though. It's not as obvious as it was in Season 3. Um, and then I'd go Falconers just because Devon is a beast when you set her up right. But if you have a good opponent that forces your activations, it can kind of be a hindrance. And then finally, the Cooks. I don't know if I really put them last or if I'm just putting them last because, I don't know, since people haven't been able to play them as much, we haven't seen some of the cooler things people can do. Maybe they're better than what I'm seeing, but they're, they're good. It's just I think that they're kind of towards the bottom of the minor guilds right now because kind of like you said, Chris, they, they missed the buff boat. That was after they missed the boat and got lost or whatever happened. Yeah, after they missed the actual boat due to a monsoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so good job on those minor guilds, guys. I, minor guilds are so much fun right now, like – I, I've been talking to a lot of people that are really excited to be playing any minor guild that they that they got right now. You're always talking to a lot of people about some bullshit. Well, you know, John, I'm a social butterfly. I guess. You know, I'm like a pe I'm like a peacock. You just gotta let me fly. <laughs> yeah, part of that is accurate. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, are are you guys excited about minor guilds when they're coming out, or are you guys just kind of like ho-hum about it? I, I mean, I'm going to love playing these. I, don't get me wrong. I think that I'm going to bitch about how they play with these cooks, but I'm going to love playing these cooks just because I, I like the theme, right? I, yeah. 
I love I love to cook. I'm gonna like the theme of these these models and they're they're I'm the minor guild of your th- favorite guild. What? They're the minor guild of your favorite guild. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a big part too. I actually wouldn't be surprised if I play these cooks more than my butchers. Like I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm I, I look forward to them. I'm excited for them. I really want them, but. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes as far as how they play. I mean, they, it's it's very possible that they could be the worst guild in the game. John, are you converting to the Soltheshian Church? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Don't pressure me like that. So, so we actually, uh, John and I were talking, Chris, and John's kind of in this weird spot where he was when he was trying to. What were you playing like? Butchers and fish, John, and you couldn't figure out which guild you liked. Oh, way back in the day, yeah. Like when I first started, I started with butchers and I played fish. And I went back how is wait, wait wait? How is that the pairing that you don't know which one you really want? Like they're so different. Well, because that's I mean that's like brand new to the game is what we're talking. Like when I very first started, I didn't know anything else. Okay. And then I kind and of bought, and I bought engineers hunters. and I bought hunters, like to kind of expand expand my knowledge. And I was kind of in that spot where. I like these two new ones. I'm gonna play one of these new two new toys, and then I settled on hunters, and yeah, that's where I've been for a while. So John's kind of leaning towards engineers now, maybe, yeah. maybe not. That, I mean, that was yesterday. Who knows today? Rivet, rivet, <laughs> right? I do kind of. I do like rivet. Tax. Yeah, and you can put a couple. You can put a couple miners in your team too. Jesus, tax six spade. Fuck me. <laughs> Speaking of rivet, that guy that does the awesome artwork that he posts to. Uh, Gubs, like he posted another thing with a rivet. It's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that guy's the man. Yeah, he's putting out some good work. All right. So, any parting blows before we uh, we get out of here, gentlemen? Any thoughts on these minor guilds? No, we just talked about them for forty five minutes. I'm. I, I mean, I'm just asking here, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just I want to be able to get more games in. I need, I need to get more games in. And so for those people listening, like that feel like, ah, man, I really don't get enough games in or I don't have enough time for games. Uh, just to let you know, we're in that same boat. We we struggle to get games in ourselves sometimes, and so I, yeah, that, Chris, that's what I need Chris to do. Keeps, I need to make the effort. Chris keeps pulling the diarrhea gambit on me. <laughs> oh, I don't feel good. I got to use the bathroom. Go fight uh, a game with somebody else. Sure, sure, Pete. We'll play a game. Oh, God, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm not as bad as Joe. <laughs> the no, inventor of the diarrhea gambit, by the you know, way. Jo- Joe's enjoying his Underworlds game, uh, so he's having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Which Underworlds is a fun game. I mean, anybody that likes tabletop games, I definitely recommend it. It's it's a good game. By the way, how's that family-friendly branch of Rage Quit Wire doing for Underworlds? Uh, pretty good. We are going to record this week and put uh, put a video out and put another episode out for the podcast. Sweet. So, so, yeah, Evan got a bunch of brand new recording equipment, and we're going to test it out. It's awesome. Yep. And it's almost like a studio now, so we can, you know, go over there and record, you know, Rage Quit Wire stuff for this side of the, the cast and any reveals and stuff we do. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, we're moving up in the world. Moving on up like the <laughs> damn Jeffersons. <laughs> All right. Well... If there's nothing else that uh, that anybody wants to put out, I think that we can go ahead and uh, roll some dice and throw some salt. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs>